Hi there. Welcome. Episode 4 of the Authors and Audiences podcast. I'm Caroline Leach. I'm a Scottish Texan and a young adult novelist, and I also coach authors and illustrators to present themselves and their books in public with confidence and professionalism, so that they can not only connect with readers and sell more books, but they can impress their publishers and sell more books. Most of all, I want every author and illustrator to feel so well prepared to talk about themselves and their books that they can go into any public setting, whether online or in person, feeling excitement, not fear. On Authors and Audiences, my amazing guests and I share with you our top presentation tips and key promotion strategies to help you feel really powerful whenever you're talking to one person or to a thousand. And we'll also talk about how you can find and create those speaking opportunities too. Wherever you are on your publication path and whatever sort of books you create, Authors and Audiences is for you. Hi, I'm so glad you're joining me today for episode four of Authors and Audiences, because this is one I've been looking forward to recording all week. And that's because I'm starting with a subject that is hugely important to me and a subject I think should be hugely important to every other author, illustrator, book creator, actually every human being, and that is community. Have you listened yet to my interview in episode two with YA author Tiffany D. Jackson? If not, mark that to play next. Go on, do it now. You won't regret it. In that interview, I asked her about community, and here was her response. I'm pretty blessed in the sense of like the connections I've made with people um, over time because uh, like I said I was in a television world I had no clue about publishing Um, I still to this day like half the time don't even know what I'm doing Um, and um, luckily a lot of my community came off of social media so of course we were in our debut group together so I met a lot of people through there Uh, I met people um, even beforehand um, when I was still uh, thinking about writing and just going to like you know just the idea like living in New York you just bump into writers all the time so like one person, like I met Jason Reynolds before I ever like queried um, my first novel. So, you know, there were some people that like, I kind of like gathered and collected along the way, but then there's some people that like I met uh, either through Facebook or Twitter and then met in real life. And then we actually became like friends. And Tiffany is totally right to say that she's lucky to have all those people in her corner. But on the other hand, I'd also say she's wrong. And that's because I know Tiffany, and very little of this community building came down to luck. Her community building came down to her friendliness, openness and willingness to reach out, her ability to take advice when it was offered, and her wisdom and thoughtfulness in the advice she offers others. You'll have heard me ask her about her Weight of Blood book tour. So when she came to Houston last month, hosted by the lovely indie bookstore here, Kindred Stories, she didn't just sit alone at the front of the room. She invited two other YA authors to join her, J.L. and Joy O'Goffney, both from Houston, and both of them just that little bit behind her on the publishing pathway. You could say that responding to interview questions is a little easier than standing up on your own and giving a speech, but actually what she was doing 
was sharing her event, her fans, her stage, her social media coverage, and her book sales from the table out the front. Because readers who came to see Tiffany and buy her book also left with two new authors to follow, and quite possibly two new books under their arms. And I can quite believe there were fans in the audience who were there to support JL and Joy Ogofni, and they found Tiffany in the process. Now, I didn't ask her this, but I bet that Tiffany learned this book tour sharing technique from another author who had made the same invitation to her way back when and gave her a chance to share their fan base and the bookstall. Because that's how community works. Whether you call it paying it forward or reciprocity or mentorship or whatever, being part of a community of supportive artists benefits everyone, whether you're just starting out or you're already far down the path. But of course, what constitutes a community? Well, Merriam-Webster Dictionary calls it a unified body of individuals, a body of persons of common and especially professional interests scattered through a larger society. So to be in a community with someone, they don't have to live and work where you do. They can be scattered through a larger society. So I thought I'd share with you stories of some of my communities, so that if you're just starting out and thinking, well, that's all very well, Caroline, but how do I even find a writing community? You'll get a few ideas of where to start. And also, if you're already on your way as an author, published or perspective, and you have already got some strong communities around you, then perhaps this will help you stop for a moment and think about who they are and what they give to you and to your writing. And it might also help you think about how to welcome some new writers into your communities too. So let me start with the smallest community of all for me, and we'll work up in scale, my writing buddy. So when I first started writing, I met another stay-at-home parent who confessed that he too wrote And telling each other that we had started writing did feel a confession of something a little bit embarrassing to admit. But Mike and I would meet up at our local Barnes & Noble cafe two or three mornings a week, and we would write, mostly in silence. We didn't share our work much with each other, and mostly chatted as we sat down to work and as we stood up again. Having that accountability of meeting someone who was expecting me to turn up and sit and get on with the project in hand was huge. It was extraordinary, the power that it gave me to start thinking of myself as a real writer. So when Mike moved back to the UK, another friend, Penny, started joining me instead at Barnes & Noble during the week and at Starbucks from six o'clock in the morning on weekends. We made each other show up and we acted as each other's sounding board and we scribbled on each other's draft manuscripts. And eventually, we helped each other get from slightly embarrassed pseudo-writers to both become published authors. And Penny writes adult World War II romances under the pen name Ellery Grace. Her book details are in the show notes, by the way, because you'll love them. And since we both write historical fiction, there is usually a little bit more chat between us 
because we do tend to ask each other for advice on historical accuracy, etc. So for me, having a writing buddy to keep me accountable for showing up to write meant that I also had someone to share new experiences with, and that made a huge difference. So then there's my small in-person author groups too. I have two small groups here in Houston, one that I've had for maybe nine or so years, and you'll meet one of my great author friends from that group in the next episode. And the other group has been going just over a year or so, I suppose. And both have a slightly random collection of genres represented. But even so, we all share our experiences with each other and our knowledge. Now, I know many authors who rely on having a critique group which shares pages and reads each other's work. But my groups don't do that. I suppose we write too many different things. But we do meet up every so often for lunch or on Zoom, and we share stories and we ask questions of each other, and we support each other in public too, when we're always boosting each other on social media and cheerleading at all the book events. But how did I find them? Well, by introduction from friends and making connections with other writers locally. And that's where the importance of networking shows up. Because if you never leave your kitchen table and go out to meet other authors, it's very hard to create a community that will give you the support you need when it comes to your publication. Of course, there are many online support groups, and I'll talk about them in a minute or two. But I really believe if you can find some real people in your area to spend a little time with, even an hour or so a month, having coffee or lunch or a walk around the park, you will feel so much stronger as a writer. They'll understand the frustrations and the thrills in a way that a non-writer friend just won't. Your family might want to get excited when that crucial plot twist finally clicks into place in your head, or if your favourite author just likes a post of yours on Instagram. They won't feel it in the same way another writer will. As authors or illustrators, we know that we are good storytellers. But chances are, most of us don't think of ourselves as great public speakers. In fact, presenting to an audience, even a relatively small and friendly one, can induce anxiety in even the most extroverted author. However, I've created a guide for you to download so that you can make sure that every author event and every interview you do will feel entirely within your comfort zone. And as you do more, they'll get easier and easier. You might even start to enjoy them. You'll have done all the prep work in advance. You'll know your key messages. You'll have developed the stories that will help your audience connect to you and your book. And you'll have exercises in your back pocket, which will help you calm the physical and emotional stress reactions that public speaking might bring up. So please go to my website at www.carolineleachwrites.com forward slash resources, where you can sign up to receive my 10-step guide called Authors, Present Yourself with Confidence and Professionalism, 10 Tips to Help You Walk Into Your Next Author Event Feeling Excitement, Not Fear. In it, you'll find eight great ideas for making sure you're ready for any public event, and also two audio tracks for you to listen to ahead of a presentation or reading so you know you can face your audience feeling great about yourself and your books. Up next, formal writing organisations. 
These can be local, regional, national and international organisations, either that provide a service to writers, like classes or workspace, or membership organisations with meetings and newsletters and conferences. Here are my favourites, here in Houston, in Texas, the USA, but if you happen to be a little bit further away, why not use my examples to find the equivalent where you live? So first, classes. Now, I'm involved with a fantastic organisation called Inprint, which brings major authors to Houston for readings, but also puts on wonderful workshops for writers of all genres and all levels. Imprint also supports the creative writing graduate students at the University of Houston, both with fellowships and employment as tutors for the classes they provide. And Houston is also lucky enough to have other writing class resources like Grackle and Grackle and WriteSpace. Of course, I'm not suggesting that you take a class because you're not capable of writing a novel or a poetry collection without going to a class first. Perhaps you are. What I'm suggesting is that if you're struggling to find other writers to commune with, that joining a class for fiction or non-fiction, poetry or flash fiction or memoir or whatever it is you want to write, is a great way of meeting other people who write the same thing. And they won't all just be starting out, unless the class details specifically says it's for beginners. And at the end of the class, you can ask if anyone would like to carry on being in touch, either in person over coffee, meetups or online. And I guarantee there will be other people there who are keen to build their communities up too. So what about membership organisations? Well, for me, if you're writing for children and teens, as I did, my obvious recommendation is to find your local chapter of SCBWI. That's the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. It's got local chapters all across the world, run by volunteers. I'm a member of the Houston chapter, although I actually attended my first annual conference up in Austin. I went to it because I'd come across an agent that I really wanted to pitch to, and I discovered that she would be at the SCBWI conference in Austin the following month. I wasn't a member, but I signed up to go to the conference and then paid a little bit extra for, to have a manuscript critique with both an agent and local faculty, which meant a published author who's experienced enough to give you advice on your manuscript ahead of you trying to pitch it to an agent. Now, unfortunately, at that conference, both my shyness, yes, I'm shy at times, and my imposter syndrome kicked in. I mean, what was I doing there? I wasn't a real writer. I had no place being somewhere alongside published authors and talking about things I knew nothing about. It got so bad that I couldn't even bring myself to sit beside somebody else in case they asked me somehow to prove to them that I was a real writer. And it was while I was sitting alone, waiting for a session to start, a woman came up to me and said, why are you sitting alone? You can't sit alone at this conference, that's not allowed. Come on, let me introduce you to people. So it turned out that she was a middle grade author called Nikki Lofton. And in that moment, he not only introduced me to some other new writers and some published authors, many of whom are still great friends of mine, but she also made me realise what writing conferences are for. 
They're not about learning. Well, yes, they are about learning, but not only about learning. Because they're about meeting people just like you. And about meeting the type of people, that is, published authors, that you want to become. So if you sit shyly alone, you're not going to meet anybody. And ever since then, if I'm at a conference or a meeting, I make a point of going and hunting down anyone I spy sitting alone. So I can say, hello, how are you doing? What do you write? Oh, really? Oh, in that case, let me introduce you to so-and-so because she writes the same genre. Maybe I've utterly traumatised some very shy writers in the past, but I'm fairly confident that, well, like Nikki did for me, I've also set up some lasting friendships too. So for me, it was SCBWI, but if you write for adults, then there are organisations for you too. Here in Texas, we have the Writers' League of Texas and numerous local chapters of other national organisations like the Crime Writers' Association and the Romance Writers' Association. And whether you live in another US state or another country, I bet that if you googled writing groups in blank, your city or your area, or writing groups near me, you'll come up with some great options to follow up. And if you do join a group and they don't have exactly the critique group or meetup group you're looking for, then ask if you can start your own. Just recently in Houston's chapter's email group, someone asked whether anyone was interested in creating a critique group out to the west of the city in Katy. And she was overwhelmed with responses. And remember, it's by going to meetings and other events that you'll get to know other writers in your area. So grab every chance you get from other people when they invite you to join in, no matter how shy you feel. And you're also perfectly capable of setting up what isn't already there. So go on, be brave. And guess who'll be cheering for you the loudest when your books are published? Also, I should just say that there can be a price tag on joining groups like this. But... If you really can't afford it, ask if they have scholarships you can apply for. Most of them will, many of them targeted specifically at low-income writers or at writers from marginalised communities. So please apply for those, because only that way will they know that there is a demand for them. Okay, so the next group that had a huge influence on my life is one you heard about in my interview with Tiffany Jackson because we were in a debut group together when we both first had book deals. When I was offered my deal by HarperCollins, I very quickly jumped at joining the 2017 debuts. We were all middle grade and young adult authors, though I think this year's debuts in 2022 and next year in 2023 also include picture books and adult books as well. We were able to learn from each other, as well as from authors whose publication dates had been bumped into 17 from the year before. Now, Tiffany and I both had January book birthdays, and so we were then able to share our experiences of our book launches and tours and school visits, etc., and things like how to order bookmarks and stickers for launch swag with all of those who had publication dates later in our year. And also, when the advanced reader copies 
arcs, or galley proofs, they're sometimes called, when they came out, and they're the first bound versions of your precious manuscript, we created arc tours. So we all signed up on a spreadsheet for each other's books and sent one or two arcs to whoever was at the top of our list. And one by one, the other 17s would read the book, review it on Goodreads or on their own social media, and send it on to the next person on the list. And people started writing lovely comments in arcs that they read. And so when finally the book was returned to you at the end of the tour, you had this wonderful book full of warmth and support from your fellow 17s. And I still treasure my copies. So pre-publication, we had some meetups all over the place. I had a trip to New York. I was very lucky. And while I was there, I met up with another eight 17s debuts, including Tiffany. We had breakfast together. And even five years on, since we were all first published, we still turn up at each other's book tour events and we share photos of each other's books out in the wild. So if you do suddenly get put into this very scary place of having a book deal, finding a community of people who are all going through it at the same time is fantastic. Yeah, of course you'll get great advice from someone who's already had four or five books out, but they will have forgotten how scary it is that first time you need to talk to a bookseller about doing a book launch or how to approach somebody about writing a blurb for the front of your book and all that kind of stuff. All that will have gone away amid the other stresses that they are dealing with with more books to come. So finally, I want to talk about online groups. And while all the benefits of the above can come with joining Facebook groups or Slack channels or whatever, you do have to be a little more cautious in there as with everywhere else on the internet. But it's certainly worth looking to see if you can find a community of writers that's already out there and open for members, especially if you live in a place that doesn't have many authors. And also look for the writing challenges like Jamie Attenberg's Thousand Words of Summer or Julie Duffy's Story a Day, or most appropriately, given it started on November 1st, NaNoWriMo, or National Novel Writing Month. Now, those challenges not only inspire you to get words down onto the page, but they also provide you with a ready-made community in which to find people you want to hang out with longer term in your own self-built writer's room. And once you find a community of whatever size, please will you promise me that you will concentrate on doing one thing, that you will try to give to the group more than you take from the group. Because if everybody does that, the group will thrive and each individual member will thrive too. You will know that your writing career was based on a foundation of supporting other people. And I promise you that you and your career will benefit from that. Finally, before I go, I'm going to hand back to Tiffany D. Jackson because she told me that there's a community that can help you survive your publishing life and it's full of people who have nothing to do with books at all. Here's what Tiffany told me. 
you know, aside from my, like my book community, I always find that I have a good grounding with my family and my friends who are not authors. And I think that's just as important as having author friends is having people who really ground you and really um, inspire you to keep on going. I, I always tell like debuts this now. I was like, make sure you have like a solid group of friends that are not authors. Because when something like, let's, and you know this, like sometimes like something will happen to us authors and we feel like it's the worst thing in the world. And then you explain it to like a banker and they're like, what? And I'm like, you're right. You're Why right. Are you stressing about that? That sounds amazing. Yes. Yes. Like they're like, that's it. Like, I'm like, yeah. you know what? It, that was, that's always very humbling. <laughs> so a non-writing community can support you and cheer you on and keep you grounded too. They'll help you put things into real world perspective sometimes in a way that author friends might just add to the stress because they're living with the same stresses as you. So yes, as Tiffany said, keep your non-writing community close. And that is why you need to find and to nurture your writing communities in all their many forms as they walk along the publication path beside you. It's going to be a lot more enjoyable if you have someone with whom you can share the map, share the view, and who can help you pull out of an occasional muddy bog. And in return from that rescue, remember to be the person who is there to help them too. Try being the person to pull out a thermos flask and hand them a cup of strong sweet tea and a slice of cake just at the moment they need it most. I really hope you enjoyed Authors and Audiences and that you'll listen again. Please jump into the comments below and tell me what resonated with you or what questions came up for you that you'd like me to answer in another episode. Also, I'd love you to subscribe to Authors and Audiences wherever you usually get your podcasts. I've got an amazing bunch of guests to introduce you to over the coming weeks and a load of really useful information about presenting and promoting in public and for launching your books to share with you. So if you subscribe, you won't ever miss an episode. And while you're there, if you feel like throwing a few, well, five stars my way, that would be wonderful. Your five star ratings and your positive reviews will tell all those pesky algorithms to make it easier for other authors and illustrators like us to find their way to authors and audiences so that they can feel confident about getting out there in public too. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to chatting with you this week in the comments below or on any of my social media platforms and to having you join me again next week.